1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. From the
0: studios of 97.1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, thanking you so much for spending part of your day with us. Coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder, we will give you our big takeaways from Tuesday night's game in Tulsa. Versus the Dallas Mavericks, which means we're going to talk a lot of Stephen Adams. And I'll tell you why we shouldn't get too excited about that corner three on the assist from Chris Paul. We'll talk about Darius Baisley, and I'll tell you exactly why SGA is the player that Oklahoma City needs right now. We'll even get into the whole situation with China from a very surface level, and we'll talk about the coolest thing about tonight's game with the New Zealand Breakers down at the Chesapeake Energy Arena. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Eric G. I'm the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven. Follow us at Thunder Maven. That is a Sports Illustrated channel dedicated to covering all things Thunder. I'm also the co-host of the Pat Jones Show, and you can hear that every weekday from 11 to 2 on 97.1, the Sports Animal in Tulsa. All due respect to Ben Simmons. And yes, I did say all due respect to Ben Simmons. It was Steven Adams, not Ben Simmons, who set the social media world abuzz on Tuesday night when just a few seconds into the Thunders game with Dallas, CP3 found Adams open in the corner, and he nailed a three. And all of us went nuts. All of us went back to thinking about what Sam Presti said in his opening season press conference, or his opening press conference of the season, that Steven Adams had a a high ceiling, that he was improving. He was adding more to his game, and we finally see him shoot and nail a three-point shot. So now we automatically, we we believe that's going to be in his arsenal. And Steven Adams was asked about that after the game. Also even asked about, with the Thunder starting three-point guards which is one of the biggest reasons Stephen Adams was open. The Thunder's starting three point guards. It, would it be easier for him to stretch the floor? Short answer was yes, but also that was something that the Thunder talked about. They wanted to give Stephen Adams the opportunity to shoot it, but the feeling that you got from Billy Donovan, from Chris Paul, and from Stephen Adams is that we shouldn't count on the fact that this is going to be something regular. One, I don't think the Thunder are going to start three-point guards every game this year. I think that was a nice way to run out the very first game of the preseason, give us a little something to get excited about, give Steven Adams his moment in the sun. But I wouldn't expect to see Steven Adams start launching three-pointers. In fact, I heard L. Duncan, I swear I heard L. Duncan on ESPN say, Steven Adams was 0 for 7 from beyond the arc. And I'd been telling you that Steven Adams had never shot a three-pointer in his career. So I had to go back to basketball reference. I'm like, I got to look this back up because I swear he's never shot anywhere from beyond the arc. And the truth of the matter is, is in the regular season, Steven Adams, I wasn't wrong. Steven Adams has never attempted a three-pointer in the regular season. However, in the postseason, he's attempted two. So I guess he's 0-2 in his career, or he is 0-2 in his career. However, on the bright side, when it came to Steven Adams, you did see he and Chris Paul have some chemistry. You also saw that the Thunder were very willing to go to him, especially in the paint, and use him for scoring. And was talking to one of my colleagues after the game, and the wondering about Steven Adams, and Bill Haston from the Tulsa World wrote about this as well, But what we're talking about, what we really want to know is not so much if Steven Adams can shoot the three, but if the Thunder are going to make him a more integral part of the offense, and will they continue to do it throughout the game? Uh, We just don't want to see the Thunder do what they have done so often with Steven Adams, which is you continue to go to him in the first quarter, possibly go to him in the second quarter, but by the time the second half rolls around, you've completely worked him out of the offensive game plan that doesn't seem like what Billy Donovan wants to accomplish this year. And it's going to be a lot easier to keep Steven Adams involved in the offense when you have a point guard like Chris Paul for however long you do. And then you've got another guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander who just quietly goes about his business, works within the offense, gets to the open man. And if Steven Adams is that guy, I have to think that he's going to rely on him, even if the Thunder are down by a lot and you've got several three-point shooters on this team, Steven Adams can be a very valuable part of the Thunder offense, and it's time that they use him. I'm also going to say this, and I understand that this is kind of hyperbolic throwing this in there, but we have to mention it. By Steven Adams showing he can shoot the three, by the Thunder showing that Steven Adams is a big-time part of their offense, we go back to the reports that Sean Devaney had of Stephen Adams possibly being dealt to the Dallas Mavericks or the Sacramento Kings or a couple of other teams. The Celtics, I guess, were one of the other ones mentioned. Could the Thunder be trying to show Stephen Adams off as a more versatile player, more than just a five, but a five that can give you something offensively as well as defensively and make it a little bit sweeter for somebody to come dealing for him? I, I don't think that we need to rule that out at all. Thought it was another fantastic game for Darius Baisley. In fact, it was an even better game from a statistical standpoint than what he had in the blue and white scrimmage. Um, Baisley, uh, against the Dallas Mavericks, ended up scoring nine points and was a plus 16. And I think what you saw from Darius Baisley is they had him at the 4 a little bit more in this game. They also made sure that they alternated, threw him out on the three, got him out on the wing. And I don't understand what the complaint is about Darius basically shot. He has some nice rotation coming off that shot. And it looks like all the work that he's done with um all the work that he's done with Mike Miller, certainly, is starting to pay off. In fact, Baisley one for one from beyond the arc, so not to cram too many numbers down your throat, but anytime you hear somebody complain about Baisley's shot, I say take a look at it again. Look at how that rotation comes off the ball. He's a guy that is certainly impressing and showing that he is almost, if he's not already NBA ready, he's not that far from being NBA ready meaning that you can play him at the beginning of the year, but his footwork is good, his speed is fantastic. The biggest thing that Darius Baisley's is going to have to do, and it's nothing that you can solve in a couple of weeks or in the next three preseason games, is he's going to need to get a little bit more bulk. You almost wish he was built like Lou Dort in the upper body, which Lou Dort is just built like a tank, wide shoulders, big chest, Um, You wish he was a little bit bigger in the upper body. That's something that the Thunder training staff is going to have to work on with him. I was very impressed by the fact that even though it's going to be tough for him to go inside the paint, Baisley is not afraid to go inside the paint. He's not afraid to have his shot challenged. And sometimes just having that confidence is a big enough weapon for you to be successful in the NBA. And then my final takeaway, the biggest takeaway that I've got, From this game on uh, Tuesday against the Dallas Mavericks, Andre Robertson didn't play. I don't know if he's playing tonight against the New Zealand Breakers, but Billy Donovan's saying that he's not necessarily day-to-day. They're just being cautious. And remember, we were told by a Thunder spokesperson that the Thunder are going to be very conservative with Andre Robertson's minutes. But it doesn't seem like the Thunder are in any rush to get him out there, either A, for health reasons— because they don't want him to suffer any more sitbacks. And Billy Donovan was quick to point that out in the pregame, that they're being ginger with Andre Robertson because he has suffered so many different setbacks and or so many sitbacks throughout this recovery process. And I would also think that the Thunder are looking at a guy like Darius Baisley who can play that spot. They're looking at Terrence Ferguson. How is he starting to develop? Hamadou Diallo is another guy that'll be fighting for time with Andre Robertson, And if all these guys can show that they're actually not as good as he is defensively, but at least somewhat as good as he is defensively, and because they're better offensive options, it just feels like there's just not much of a place for him right here, or right here, right now for Oklahoma City. And I don't know that that this gets solved in the preseason. In fact, I would think that if it is the process that Sam Presti talked about getting Andre Robertson back on the court, it wouldn't shock me if we were well into the season before we saw him for the first time this year. I've also speculated that maybe we've seen Andre Robertson play his last game as a member of the Thunder, and it's just up to them to figure out how to deal with this. Do you pay the guy off, um, let him stay for a year, and then release him? Or do you try and find him a home and see if you can't get anything out of him? That is the, that's, the, that's the situation that Andre Robertson is in right now. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, I'll tell you why this guy is exactly what the Thunder need right now. You're listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. Indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand. You can start your style upgrade now with $30 off your first purchase of 3 dollars or more at Indochino.com when entering the promo code LOCKED ON.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shameless self-promotion. I'm Eric G., Editor-in-Chief of Thunder Maven. Please follow me. At Thunder Maven on Twitter. Shea Gilgis Alexander is exactly what the Oklahoma City Thunder need right now. And it's not just because he scored 24 points on Tuesday against the Mavericks and did it on 7 of 12 shooting, which, I mean, come on, let's face it. A a point guard, a two guard that's going to be efficient for Oklahoma City. Yeah, we're certainly not used to seeing that around here. But what was so interesting is that after the game, Shea Gilgis we were talking about Shea Gilgis Alexander, and it's a very quiet 24 points. It's not to say that this guy can't do a lot on the court. He certainly does a lot on the court. Um, he can drive, he can handle, he can shoot, he can pass, he can look the dude can do it all. But when you you don't really know that he's actually scoring that many points because you've got louder players on this team. Steven Adams is a little bit louder player. Um, Terrence Ferguson can be louder with that monster dunk that he had. Hamadou Diallo can also be a guy that's a little bit more loud or flashy. But considering the fact that Oklahoma City got rid of Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook was the guy that always let you know exactly what was going on and exactly how good he is, played with that chip on his shoulder, to make sure that you've got balance within the locker room, you can't replace him with a guy exactly like him. In fact, I don't know if there, are any, there there is anyone in the NBA who's exactly like Russell Westbrook. So when you insert a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who just goes about his business on the court and hopefully goes about his business in the locker room, you're looking at a much more cohesive unit or at least a unit that is going to have a sense of relief and not have all the pressure on their shoulders that they have had for the last couple of years. You know, we've commented that it seems like a looser Thunder Bunch. They they seem to be a little bit relieved by not having such a dynamic personality in the locker room. And that's not to say that Shea Gilgis-Alexander can't grow into that dynamic personality. And dynamic's not even... Uh, The right word to use right there. Strong personality or domineering personality is probably better. It's not to say that he couldn't eventually be that way, but he needs to get some skins on the wall before a guy like Steven Adams is willing to put up with his crap. So this is the perfect transition, not only from a locker room standpoint, but on the court, even though this guy only had one assist. Let's remember... He's playing the two more than he is the one right now, so I'm not looking too much at that assist, that one assist going. Ah, eh, he needs to, he needs to up, he needs to, you know, get more assists. I'm assuming that's going to happen once the Thunder trade Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander is your is pretty much a full time one, or at least majority of the time one than he is a majority of the time two. But a, a completely unselfish guy that doesn't make anybody walk on eggshells. That is perfect for Oklahoma City right now. Speaking of CP3, we kind of, we sort of mentioned him uh, earlier in there. At least we mentioned Steven Adams earlier in there. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing that Steven Adams said after the game was that he and Chris Paul hadn't really butted heads yet and that they're going to need to butt heads in order to figure out how to work with each other. Because Steven Adams needs to tell Chris Paul certain things like, hey, When I'm here, pass me the ball here, or don't try and pass me the ball here. Chris Paul is the point guard, needs to direct Steven Adams to get in position wherever he wants him and can see the floor better and can sit him up a little bit better, but they need to have that, they need to have a little bit of that friction. And I thought that was interesting because when we think of a cohesive locker room, and I just, you know, went on this long rant about Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think sometimes we forget that strong personalities, which Chris Paul and Steven Adams are, need to clash in order to come to a solution. And hopefully uh, whatever solution they come to is more beneficial to the Oklahoma City Thunder than these two guys not being able to stand each other for the entire time that uh, Chris Paul is in town. Another interesting remark that I heard from one of my colleagues, and I'll go on this, he thought at the blue and white game, and this guy will remain nameless, thought at the blue and white game that Danilo Gallinari uh, did look really interested in being out there, that he was sort of just kind of going through the motions because he knows he's going to be traded. I would say going through the motions, the guy is still the Thunder's best player. I don't know if it's a case of that, but let me just... I can't say that I got those vibes from Danilo Gallinari that he looked disinterested in it. Um, I think, one, I was taking into account that it was an inter-squad scrimmage. Two, what I saw on Tuesday night versus the Mavericks didn't necessarily look like a guy that was disinterested or even trying to find his place on the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think he knows exactly um, what he's supposed to do and how he's supposed to fit in. But to put myself in his shoes, if you knew you were going to be gone someplace and all the rumors were that they were trying to trade you and you were on an expiring contract, yeah, it would be hard to concentrate. It would be hard to give your all to this team knowing that you could put them in really good position to make the playoffs, only to be yanked out of it and sent to a team, hopefully a contender, but there's no guarantees because the Thunder are going to make the best trade for them, and that could really screw you for the rest of the season. Or you may get, if you're not on a contender, you may get dumped to a team that doesn't necessarily work out for you because you don't mesh with mesh with those guys. So, yeah, I think it would be very hard to be in Danilo Gallinari's uh, position right now because you don't have a whole hell of a lot of control over your situation. A little control... But not enough to reject a trade where it's like, no, I'm not going there. No, yeah, you are. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, what is the most exciting thing about tonight's game with the New Zealand Breakers? I'll tell you right here on the Locked On Thunder Podcast.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: We're about to finish up on this episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us today, especially if you're on your way out to the peak to catch the Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Zealand Breakers, or if you're listening to us after the game. Um, if you're listening after the game, then then this is probably, the, the, this next little bit, you're probably going to go, oh, well, he was right, or oh, he was really wrong. And where I'm, I'm hopefully I'm right. Um, you get a chance to go see R.J. Hampton, who is the 6'5 uh, point guard. Who is He's a Dallas product, but he also played at Montvert Academy in Florida. And he's one of those guys that chose to go to the NBL, the National Basketball League in Australia, versus play in America. Um, they're, look, depending on where the Thunder land, this is a guy that, that Oklahoma City could maybe eventually draft if they end up in the lottery. But I think you're going to want to watch his development and how quickly you think he can play in the NBA. I would be really anxious to see him tonight. And the Thunder have got several connections uh, to this team. Billy Donovan coached the GM. Uh, Steven Adams knows a lot of the guys on this breakers team. But to get to see R.J. Hampton in person, to get to see an NBA prospect who is not going to play in college, a guy that you're going to have to follow by watching on the Internet um, over the next few weeks, I, I think this is a great treat. And that alone should be enough for you uh, to go buy a ticket to tonight's game. Speaking of playing in the NBL and more players doing it, Terrence Ferguson here, who who did the exact same thing that R.J. Hampton did, talked about how his time in the NBL, NBL helped prepare him for the NBA.
2: Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Um, it helped me grow a lot. It helped me learn a lot as a player, as a person. You know, being away from home, competing against grown men. I mean, you only get the opportunity overseas. I mean, obviously college basketball is, is what's mostly known for as a as way to go. But I feel like overseas is the, is the best way to help you transition yourself into the NBA. Just because you're playing against grown men, they've been playing for 10, 14 years. Especially where I played in Australia, they're very physical. Uh, the the game is obviously different, but you know the style of play is, is pretty much the same. I mean, obviously you saw during the summer where USA played against Australia. Those are the same guys I played against, except for except for uh, obviously uh, Joe Inglis and uh, and uh, Patty. But everybody else I played against, one player on the team was on my team well, my teammates, so it was my teammate. So it was the same style of play that they played, and I, I think they actually won one game, right? Uh, I mean, don't, don't sleep on the league. It's, it's, it's pretty tough.
0: Terrence Ferguson from Media Day on making the transition from the NBL, the National Basketball League, down under to the NBA. It was brought up on my show earlier this week that the Thunder could go through some stretches every game where they don't score a lot of points, um, where they get outscored quite a bit and have that situation where. You get ahead, your second unit comes in, and then all of a sudden, you know, somebody's right back in this game, or you just get further behind. I think Billy Donovan's going to do his best to make sure that Gallinari, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, all three of those guys are on the court uh, pretty much all game. Not all necessarily playing at the same time, but... When one goes out, the other one comes in. You sort of mix and match your rotations based on that. Plus, when you've got a guy like Mike Muscala, and if Steven Adams becomes a bigger part of the offense and Nerlens Noel shows that he can score, there are ways to avoid running lineups out there where you don't have at least one or two scores. And even if defenses are keying on those guys, they still should be able to put the ball in the basket. I'll wrap up today's show by saying this, just surfacely talking about this whole situation with China, and it definitely deserves more than a couple of minutes on a podcast. Let me just say this. I thought Tillman Fertitta was pretty gutless, and he castrated Daryl Morey. Let Daryl Morey say what he had to say in the tweet. If you've got a problem with what Daryl Morey said, do not publicly come out and admonish him in front of the entire world. In fact, in my opinion, it was Tillman Fertitta's tweet And in the CYA move of a business owner just trying to protect his cash versus having his GM's back that made this thing worse than what it actually is. I think Maury's tweet could have kind of rolled off everyone's back where Adam Silver, if there was any heat coming from him on China, could have actually gone in and said, you know, hey, um, we respect freedom of speech. This is what he said. We're backing him on this and if that means that we got to pull out, we'll pull out, but we'll handle this our way. You don't go and and completely slap a guy down because he spoke out against against the right thing. And I do agree with politicians that I do think the NBA ought to stand up to China. And yeah, I'm a little disappointed in Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich for not speaking out because they're kind of the guy they are, they're not kind of they are the guys in the NBA. When you talk about social commentary, they are right out in front, and this is something they should be out in front of. And, yes, I agree with Draymond Green. I do not want NBA players to ever stop talking about what means so much to them. Topics of the day, issues of the day, whatever. If you got an opinion on it, you're intelligent, you're informed, you can see things from a way way that we can't, go ahead and say it. Um, I look, yes, I want the NBA to continue to go to China because it's a great market for the NBA. And I think you can go on, I I think you go as ambassadors for human rights and, and may be able to do more harm than good by playing in China. But ultimately, if the business of being in bed with China is bad for the NBA, then I'd rather the NBA pull out now than continue to try and dig, dig deep in this well just strictly for monetary monetary purposes. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. It, It deserved more than that. It deserved better than that. But we'll talk about it a little bit later when I got a chance to read up on it and really hit it a little bit harder. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Wishing you nothing but the best. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up.
1: You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast part of the Locked On podcast network. A hey, prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.